Hello and welcome to another episode of the Rotrack Talks podcast with me, Tavi Wickman. This week we are speaking to member of the Swedish Parliament, Margareta Sederfeldt, who is a member of Rotary and has been active in the issue of the WHO membership for Taiwan for over two decades. One note we have to make as well is that this interview was recorded on the 8th of June, so some things have changed. For example, death numbers in Taiwan. And of course, we are looking much more likely to see a second wave. But without further ado, here we go. Welcome to the podcast, Margareta. Thank you very much. So you're a member of the Rotary Club of El Shreo. Yes, that's correct. We always mention here in the podcast, um, the first two... The first speaker we had on the podcast was Paul Ronge, a member of the Rotary Club of Stockholm U Gordon, and we've been speaking to, and hopefully releasing in the coming weeks, um, interviews with members of the Rotary Club of Uppsala Carolina as well, among others. So this this is a Rotaract organized podcast with a lot of Rotarians on it. So Margareta, you are a member of the Council or the Foreign Affairs Committee for the Swedish Parliament and have been working on the question of Taiwan's membership in the WHO since as early as 2001, where you wrote your first motion on the subject, like a science. Um, what got you interested in the subject of the Taiwanese WHO membership? Uh, well, I have been for a very, very long time interested in foreign affairs and uh, foreign affairs relations. And uh, I am a nurse as well and a bachelor of, uh, Bachelor of Nursing and Master of Social Science. I'm very interested in uh, healthcare issues as well. And uh, when I start to figure around, I noticed that uh, Taiwan is not the member of United Nations nor any other international organization. And uh, for me, it's very strange because we need more of international cooperation. We need more of connecting people to each other. It's not only for peace building, for democracy, it's also for health and sustainable health. And that's why I started to be interested in Taiwan's international relations. And as well, because Taiwan is a very small and tiny country but it's huge in a lot of other aspects in its area. I think it's fantastic because Taiwan is a full democracy. It respects human rights. It's as well a country who have, have uh, I mean, it's have international relations with quite a lot of countries, but it's also threatened by China and have been so since uh, it started to be a country by itself uh, since '49. Uh, already from the beginning, when uh, Taiwan uh, and uh, during Chiang Kai-shek uh, leadership uh, emptied everything from the former palace of the empire of uh, China. And since that, have Taiwan been threatened by China. So I started to look at this as well. And it's something that's coming, becoming a lot more in vogue now due to the pandemic going on. Um, we're seeing a lot more members of Swedish parliament and other countries engaging in the issue of Taiwanese membership, um, and it's becoming a lot more critical. The the issue, the medical coordination in Taiwan is a massive issue. For example, that Taiwan is not getting um, from the WHO firsthand information on the pandemic is one such question. What other um, issues really strike you when it comes to the the hindrances for Taiwan's response and other countries that occur when Taiwan is not a member of the WHO? 
If you are not allowed to be in the room, of course you are hindered. Uh, then you need to have other channels for your communication, but it shouldn't be like that. I, I think it's important that countries are connected in WHO because there is the format, there are the experts, there is the change of knowledge. And uh, we have seen now, if we look, for example, on Sweden, that there is on regularly, daily basis, relations between our uh, in public health uh, authority and WHO. And we could see it's the same between EU and the WHO. And this means that a small country like Taiwan in the uh, Asia, where there is quite a lot of countries who have suffer really under COVID-19, it shows the importance to be a member. But I would also like to underline that Taiwan, Taiwan have managed the situation so quite well so far. Uh, what I have read, I haven't been there, so I haven't seen it with my own eyes. I must underline this. Uh, but what I have read is that, and I have noticed as well from reports, that Taiwan have few uh, people who have got sick in COVID-19. And this is because Taiwan noted very early, already before Christmas, that there was something going on in Wuhan, in China, mm. mainland China. And... Uh, they started as well very early to search where is uh, who, to find uh, the sources for those who have been infected. They start with health control. They start to uh, to check, and they also close the border already the 19th of March. March. This means that Taiwan, as an island, have good opportunities to uh, keep its people safe. And that's what they have done. And they have as well supported other countries. And I'm sure that Taiwan have quite a high level of expertise that could assist uh, other countries as well to, um, what should I say, to limit, limit uh, uh, the COVID-19. Yeah, to, to help limit the spread of the COVID-19 in the pandemic. That's, hmm. I can absolutely agree with that. Um, Taiwan is about 26 million people, and they have just over, just under 450 cases and seven deaths so far, which are mm. absolutely astounding numbers um, in comparison yes. to countries um, in Europe. Partially because they, they do have the advantage of being an island. Um, for just like New Zealand, they, they, it's easier to close the borders of an island than a country with, with land borders and roads. but it's still a massive advantage. Um, if we're looking at other responses, um, Taiwan had a very effective response to COVID-19. Um, they already had a universal healthcare system in place um, and the infra infrastructure to do so. Um, same as Sweden, most of other developed nations. But one issue that stands out for me is the fact that Taiwan in December, on the 30th or 31st of December, 2019 wrote a letter to the WHO warning of a of a pneumonia-like virus or mm. um, disease that they were seeing in Wuhan, and that was ignored. Mm. Um, when it comes to, comes to that issue, is that something that membership in the WHO could solve, for example? Yes, but the, as you have the problem, it's China who block China block Taiwan from a full membership, and this means that. China have to agree that Taiwan should be included. And so far, 
China haven't included Taiwan. And we could see as well that uh, uh, President Trump in US have uh, started his own battle with China right now and also with WHO. And this shows how delicate or difficult the situation is because it would be much easier and more important to include Taiwan in WHO than to get US leave WHO. Because it's a huge country, it's have a lot of universities, high uh, level educated and researchers, and uh, impact just because it's US. And I think it's important that US stay there, otherwise, as a big democracy, otherwise, there will be, uh, uh, what should I say, it will be uh, weight a heavier weight for non-democratic countries like China, like Russia, who are also the supermarket, the, the powers. So that's why I think this is just, it's a much bigger issue than just about Taiwan. It's of course about a small, tiny country who wants to be a member, to need to be a member and could contribute to the rest of the world as well. But it's also an important issue what will have happen on the international level if China continue to resist Taiwan membership? I yeah. don't want to have this. Uh, I don't even dare to think about what could happen. Yeah, I just want to correct myself. I earlier said that it's 26 million people in Taiwan. It's 23. And that's according to um, the Radio Taiwan International. Um, mm. You spoke recently in Parliament on the subject of the Taiwanese response and Taiwanese assistance going to Europe, for example, in relation to COVID-19. Can you expand on those comments you made in Parliament and the the aid that um, Taiwan is giving to Europe? First of all, about uh, the Parliament, there is a lot of informal rules. And one we have as uh, the order in my party is that I, as a member, can't write individual uh, bills in my committee and it's just because uh, it shouldn't be that i write one separate by myself and then we have the committee because we are uh, quite a lot of moderates we are four moderates in the committee it should be on the committee level that mm -hmm. uh, we have our motions or bills as it is said in uh, our own committee but uh, we have a lot of other ways to communicate in the parliament to scrutinize the government and one of these ways is interpolation another way is to write uh, uh, written questions and uh, that's uh, the written question have i raised quite a lot of times and i have also in debates uh, raise the issue of Taiwan when I have been taking part in different uh, debates. Uh, as I see, it's very important to not be quiet. If you are quiet, then you actually accept the order. And as a politician, it's important to speak out and also ask the government, because the government are responsible for the foreign politics of Sweden. And uh, it's important to push on them and let them know what maybe not the majority but quite a lot of us as parliamentarians 
think, and I and quite a lot of others, we would like to see Taiwan as a full member of WHO, as well as other international organizations. It's an issue for the whole world, and as I said begin in the beginning, to promote health and a better status. In European Union, Taiwan, uh, there is as well, uh, Taiwan is not accepted as a full, full country by itself, and EU doesn't uh, uh, support Taiwan for international organizations. And I think this is uh, very sad. I could see that we could benefit a lot with more of the trade agreements between EU and Taiwan, but of course also on the diplomatic level. Yeah. Taiwan have uh, national representations in quite a lot of EU countries and as well in Sweden. But I would like to see the the relation to be on an embassy level, because that's more formal, it gives more authority, more possibilities. And I think this is as well very important that they uh, recognize Taiwan on the diplomatic level. Yeah. Yeah. So Taiwan is has also been sending both material and immaterial aid to some European countries to help them uh, yes. respond to COVID-19. What is it concretely that you you suggested suggest that Sweden could do to help Taiwan both um, gain better diplomatic status in relation to European countries, but also um, move ahead in the in the WHO. Uh, of course, it's it's true. Quite a lot that's possible to to do. It's when it's meeting at European level. At the European Union for the foreign ministers, for the head of the states, for example, raise the issue there. Uh, in the European Parliament, I know that there are members of the European Parliament who raised the issue about the membership for Taiwan. Uh, I know that there are those from my party, and uh, I am very proud of them, uh, who raised the issue. And I think uh, for me as a parliamentarian, of course, to continue to raise the issue. And it's not only me in the Swedish parliament. Uh, as you know, there is quite a lot of others as well who do the same. And we will continue to do so. And I think also, of course, by the dip diplomacy, mm. diplomats between diplomats. I think it's a very good way to act and uh, it could be much more done on this level. And uh, of course, it would be absolute best if China could say by itself, we would like Taiwan to be a full member of WHO and we would like to Taiwan to be a full member of United Nations. And I think it's important to say that I don't believe that a lot of countries, that others would say that China lose its faces. I say this because in quite a lot of the Asian countries, important to not lose your faces but it it wouldn't be to lose the face it would be to uh, actually extend the international cooperation and i think that's very important yeah i, I can definitely agree with that uh, taiwan is a bit of a unique case when it comes to um to how do we put this um states that aren't states um countries that places that operate as nations on in their own but do not 
received that um, recognition. We have places like Somaliland in Somalia as well that have the a similar issue, but Taiwan is definitely a unique case in the long history it has. It's previous recognition as as the legitimate rule of China and, of course, this, the scale that they have been acting on. They are recognized by a, a few, quite a few countries, including the Vatican, um, but that's more of a an issue with Vatican's um, fight with China over who gets the name bishops. Yes, but I would like to say that uh, Taiwan is a democracy. It's have its yeah. president, it's have its elected, and the president is elected. It's have its parliament and it's elected. It's have its own flag. It's have uh, respect the human rights. It's have uh, its mm. uh, language. It's have its own military forces, and it's have international relations with quite a lot of countries. And I think th this is important to recognize. Yeah, and uh, there. There is as well, uh, I mean, they have a democratic elected parliament and an elected president. And that's normally a very important criteria to recognize a country. And uh, that's why I say Taiwan should be recognized as, as a member, full member in, in the international arena and international organizations. So looking due to COVID-19 and Taiwan has postponed its application for membership in the WHO, which is a significant step, um, something they've been working on for a long time. What, what do you think the t process for Taiwan going forward is with membership um, during the pandemic and afterwards? Um, the pan pandemic is obviously shaking up the, the systems for Europe um, and the entire world significantly, um, and we're gonna have to reevaluate things afterwards, but what are the what are the next steps for Taiwan's membership process afterwards? What can they do post COVID nineteen? Well, post COVID nineteen, I would like to say the COVID nineteen it affects the whole society. It's not only the health. It's we we could see here it. Uh, schools have closed. It's affected education. We could see the travel, the interaction between countries. It's locked borders. But we could also see the trade, the industry, the farming. Mm -hmm. And it shows that, once again, that we are connected with each other. And I think it's important to continue this uh, connection with Taiwan. Taiwan have uh, very good schools and universities where they exchange students. This should, of mm. course, continue. I see as well that uh, Taiwan have uh, industry and it works very well. Uh, the world could learn a lot from Taiwan and their entrepreneurship. I think it's one part that's important. And uh, what uh, uh, I would also like to say that Taiwan has in some way managed to keep its own culture, its own religion. There is Buddhist, there is, uh, uh, and this shows that Buddhism, Taoism, that they have managed to keep that as well. That Taiwan is a strong country in, inside Taiwan. Mm. And uh, this shows as well that the importance with uh, to learn from Taiwan and have the international relations with Taiwan. And yeah. Taiwan could, do I also believe, could, uh, if we see on the economy, Taiwan have really been rocketing <laughs> since it was uh, 1949. Yeah. 
and the, we could learn a lot because Europe is in some way going backwards and we can learn from Taiwan and improve our industry, our entrepreneurship, our know-how to start business and mm. make them successful. I would like as well to say that, as uh, you said here earlier, that uh, Taiwan has managed to control the spread of the coronavirus. This shows that there is also a lot to learn. How did yeah. I do it? But I think it's important also when we say it after the COVID-19 to say we don't know when it's after COVID-19. We don't know if there will be a second round. We don't know if the virus will mutate. This is something that the scientist is looking at right now and have a, a, a particular A on. And this means as well as we don't know what will come the next week or the week after when it's come to the to coronavirus. It's important to include Taiwan now in WHO because we haven't won the battle against the virus yet. Not at all. Yeah, it's still a long way to go and we hopefully will see some progress when it comes to vaccine research in the coming months, but that is a hope and not a, not a guarantee. Um, so mm. I want to round up a little bit with a couple couple last questions. Um, so we we usually uh, round off with a question about a book which we recommend reading to get more information on the subject, to get more um, expertise, and that's what I'm going to ask you now. What what book would you recommend people read if they want to get more information on the subject? Well, I, I would like to say to get more information about Taiwan, about mm. Taiwan's relation with international organizations. Look at uh, the homepage of uh, Taiwan's uh, government, of Taiwan's uh, parliament. Mm. Do as well read uh, on uh, UN's and WHO's homepage. I think that's the most updated papers. And uh, of course, there is quite a lot of books for those of you who prefer to read the books. And uh, those are always very interesting. And uh, there is one book. I know that you have read it. Sansu, the art of war. Yes, I would recommend that book. I think it's a good, a good book to give a perspective of Taiwan, because I would like to say that Taiwan is so much more than uh, the COVID nineteen. It's mm. a very interesting country, and it's a lovely people. Yeah. Those people I have met from Taiwan, they are very nice, very kind. And I think Taiwan need, not need, it deserve to be recognized as the lovely country and the lovely people that lives on Taiwan. Well, thanks so much, Margareta, for joining us today. Um, we're going to be back in two weeks. Thank you so much for joining us. It was my pleasure, and I think uh, Rotaract do a very important work to unite young people with the, the same interest for the world and humanitarian issue. I think that's one of the best things you can do as a young person to meet with others and share your thoughts and experience. So good luck, Rotaract.com. to the end of another Rotaract Talks podcast. We will be back again in two weeks with another regular episode. Until then, 
please do check out our project highlights on Instagram and here in the feed. And of course, listen to the Rotract podcast with Cole Baker. Rotract Talks is brought to you by Rotract Sweden, together with World of Rotract and the European Rotract Information Center. Do check them out on all social media. And of course, like and subscribe to this podcast. We'll see you all in two weeks. Thank you.